0: What does owning nothing but controlling everything really mean? Well, in my house, it means we run everything by a three-year-old. I don't think that's what he means. Okay, sit right there. We'll be right back. Welcome back, you heard me right. What does owning nothing but controlling everything really mean? In my household, it means my grandson runs the world. But I don't think that's what my brother Chris means. Hey, Chris. What does this mean?
1: Yeah, well, it certainly doesn't mean run everything by your three-year-old. Matter of fact, <laughs> that would be a great way to own nothing because if you just run everything by your three-year-old, you're not going to have anything because they just will take it is. all. I love it. That's not a bad plan, you know. Hey, listen, you were saying I don't think that's what I mean, but that could work if your goal was to have nothing and own nothing. Well, just uh, get yourself a three-year-old and just run everything by them. I like that, but that's not really what I mean, you know. So, own nothing. <laughs> But control everything. It's been a cliche thing that I've heard about my whole life, you know, and I only me thought too. that was available to the wealthy. Like, you know, because you hear about the me Rothschilds too. and the Rockefellers and and you hear about the Hiltons and everything else. And they don't own anything. When you really, I remember the one thing that got me at it showed me a like a org chart of like one of the big hotel chains. And it started at the top, this company, and it said, own nothing owns nothing it hires that out and then this next company you know did all the maintenance and everything but they owned nothing and then they they were hiring everything and everything went down and and you're just like what the heck well you know that's pretty important for a big hotel because if somebody slips and falls like and somebody wants to sue them well they uh, you know you have to go a long way to figure out where who owns right who owns it right so i think there's some importance in that because many of the people that i'm sure are listening to this have assets You know, they have stocks, they might have mutual funds. They probably have cash in the bank. They have a house. Maybe they might have a car and maybe they own some rental real estate. Now let's talk about rental real estate. Imagine if you owned a rental, the chances of you getting sued go up probably by, I don't know the stats, but I'm going to make it up probably 80%. Everybody wants to sue. I live in New York. It's sue happy crazy out here. And you know, somebody slips and falls. I don't know. Nothing you do wrong as the, the landlord. It's just they slip and fall going down the stairs. You know, maybe they had a long night the night before and just woke up a little tipsy and then they sue you. Well, guess what? All of the assets you have, if not structured properly, can all be on the chopping block. And that is the wrong thing. So most people are like, well, you have insurance. Yeah, well, you ever been sued? Because if you say that, you've never been sued. They sue for right. the full amount of the insurance and then they go after your personal assets. But you know, yep. here's the goal. The goal is when they get to your personal assets, they find out. The attorney finds out. Holy cow! These people have nothing. Well, how does that work? Well, let me tell you. There's a couple simple ways. Now, you could do all the trust planning. You know, so like the simplest way, the way the Rockefellers and Rothschilds, they do complex trust structures. So they got different trust, business trust, family trust. But I'll put your audience to sleep talking about that. So let's just talk about simple ways. Why do people invest in real estate? You're laughing, and you're like, thank God. Yeah, I was right.
0: worried. I gotta tell you, I, I like, oh my gosh, never, is really to do this? Oh,
1: I would never <laughs> ever do that. But I had to say it, right? Because that is a way to own nothing. You could put it all in irrevocable trust, and then you have nothing when they look at you on paper. But let's do something something a little more simple. Number okay. one, you know, a way to protect yourself would basically be to not own the real estate, right? But people are like, well, I want to own real estate. I need the income. Great. Why do people buy rentals? Why do people buy real estate? The income, number one reason I want passive income is what they always say. Okay, great. You want to make money in your sleep. Yeah, so you know, I used to own a lot of real estate. How do you think I knew about all the lawsuit stuff? I've been sued so many stinking times. Not for anything we do, but that's just what happens. And then I finally got sick of it. My wife and I, after we had our TV show, we went into this phase where we started selling off all of our real estate. And when we sold off our real estate, we had some money. And I remember one of my mentors once told me to go, he said- The ultimate in real estate is being the bank. And here's what I I looked at. I started studying what banks do. You know, because banks, really, what they do, they they get us to give up control of our money. They take our money and send it to work for them. They're they're the bank, right? They lend that money out and they make a spread. So I started saying, well, how do I be the bank? And I don't want to own anything. So all I had to do was find people like I was that needed money to buy real estate. And then I would basically just lend them money. But when I lent them money, I don't own the real estate. I have zero liability with the real estate. Sure, I have some risk with the person not paying me. So what I do is I make them put me in first position on the mortgage. I mean, we've all gone through that process of getting a house Mm -hmm. and get a mortgage. Who owns the house? You're like, well, I do. I live in the house. No, 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 no. The (laughs) the bank might not own the house, but they control it. Make no two ways about it. You don't pay them, they're taking your house. So that is the whole, so now think about that. The bank doesn't own your house, but they control it. So I just wanted to do that. I wanted to Mm -hmm. control all the real estate. I wanted to make the money from all the real estate, but I didn't want all the headaches and I didn't want anything that I could get sued for. So I just started lending money on houses. And when I would lend money, I'd put myself in a first position. I, I watched Talladega Nights. And I remember Ricky Bobby's dad said, as he's getting kicked out of the school, he says, son, if you're not first, you're last right and i said yes sir i got it so i'm always going to be first position so if they don't pay me i get the house because i'm number one i control that thing but the second thing is if anything ever happens to that house you know hurricane a tornado a fire huh. yeah i know bad things you know but hey let's talk about reality sometimes it happens i make sure that that borrower puts me on the insurance policy hey the card car, you know finance companies make them go on the insurance well the bank's mm-hmm. also on the insurance, i the homeowner, so I want to be on the insurance. So now if it burns or gets wiped out by a hurricane or tornado, I get paid by the insurance company. So I got I got none of that owning stuff. If I get sued, you know, they can't say, well, I want that, I want that house that you're lending money on. I'm like, well then call the guy that owns it. Like I don't own the house. So these are just simple ways that you can literally start to own nothing, but control everything and make a, a bunch of money doing it. By just mimicking what banks do every single day, and and that's all I've done. I started selling off all my real estate because I didn't want the headaches and the liabilities. So now we only have a small portfolio, and I'd have none if I could just dump them all today. And I would just basically be the bank and control everything that I do.
0: You know why don't they teach this stuff in school? (laughs) Yeah, if they
1: taught you, that's it. No, no, it's a valid question. Think about that.
0: We spend so much time on stuff we never use, you know, and our permanent school record, you know, and then you you get out and they say, OK, now you're a well-educated pawn on the chessboard. Go out there, be a pawn. You do the work. Somebody else will make the money and you just get in debt and, and welcome to America. This is what
1: it is. Oh, my gosh. It's like,
0: it's- then Somebody comes along like you and goes, ah, ah,
2: ah.
1: Yeah, well it's interesting. It's broken. I mean Huck in schools, they don't just teach kids how to do a simple budget, right? That'd be a good starting right. place. No, nowhere. But they learn, I don't even what is the new mathematics called that they teach? Do you even know? Crazy it makes no That's sense. That's what it is. Yeah. It's called crazy. Stupid. <laughs> but like, why don't they just teach them business math and teach them how to run a band, uh, like you know, do a budget and balance a checkbook and maybe, a, hey, go crazy and teach them how to actually do some bookkeeping on a spreadsheet. That'd be monumental. But then if they started teaching you banking, then all of a sudden you'd become dangerous to the banks, which are the backbone True. for everything. And you know if you think of the True. Fed, we talked about that in the beginning, the Fed mm-hmm. runs the central banking. So they don't want you to know banking. They don't want you to know how to own nothing and control everything and do what the bank does and all this stuff I'm talking about. So they just try to keep us stupid when it comes to money so that we just keep doing stupid things like give up control of our money to the banks and to Wall Street so that other people then can make our hard-earned money go to work for them. Uh Uh-uh. I'm not buying it. I'm not doing it. And I hope I can help some of your audience not do that because that's the secret sauce is just take back control of your money, learn one or two things that you know, like, and understand and apply that knowledge.
0: I mean, if you could start, if I could have known this 30 years ago, how much difference, you know, our lives would have been by just having that kind of knowledge. So, you know, for the people that are out there watching it, I'm not saying it's too late for us because I know it's not for us that are, you know, we're like 50, 60, 70s. It's not too late. But those 20 year olds, hey stop playing video games and sucking up all the bandwidth and learn how to do this stuff so you have an amazing life okay chris how do they get in touch with you i'm gonna get off my soapbox yeah so i got
1: <laughs> videos upon videos on this stuff and you just go to com or go to my youtube channel at the chris Noggle and you can watch all the videos watch my go to my webinars but here's i got something special you are talking about okay. school why they don't teach this so i know we're rapping but i want everybody to go watch my tedx talk that i did the TEDx talk is called rethink money a letter to my daughter i wrote my Um, my daughter a letter my daughter's two and a half i wrote her a letter about how money really works so all the things you just talked about why they don't teach us i told my daughter in a tedx talk so i want everyone here to listen to that or watch that tedx and go apply that knowledge for your children that's the only way folks it's the only way they're going to learn how money works your daughter's
0: going to rule the world by the time she's 25. But yeah, it's time for us to educate the youth because, hey, it's our world too. I love you. You're the best. I can't wait to talk to you next month.
1: Thank you. Expert Talk is sponsored by Pod Nation TV, the podcast to broadcast network.
0: To talk about self-leadership i'm sitting here with my notepad and my pen because i know she's about to go in so sit right there here we go y'all ready we'll be right back <laughs>
3: Talking about leadership of people and leadership of this and leadership of that. My thing is, is you cannot lead anyone else if you can't lead this. You must be able to lead yourself. And so I train on self-leadership because we forget the first one that you must lead is you. So I have this wonderful quote that I made ooh, back when I first came out of my brain injury in 2014-ish. So 2016, I wrote this quote. Change is an emotional journey. It's not rainbows and butterflies through a field of daisies. Change is uncomfortable. It forces you to evaluate who you are. The beauty is in the possibilities. And that's where I got the whole idea of self-leadership is, yeah, change hurts. But who is in charge here? It's you. So Mm -hmm. if you want out of change, if you want to move forward, you must control yourself. Can I go into preach mode for a second? Go ahead. Okay. So in order to self-lead, you know, you always hear people talk about you, you have to know your why. It's important. Mm. What is your why? So if you want to self-lead so you can lead other people, you need to know your why. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. And the reason that is an important quote to me is I went through a lot of surgeries and cancer and, you know, brain injury and all these things, but I knew what my why was what the end goal was. And it helped me push through every obstacle. So number one, you must know your why if you want to be able to self-lead. Number two, my mentor, um, John C. Maxwell says, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So who influences you? And if you aren't one of the people who influences you, you need to work on that because you need to be able to look at yourself and be confident in who you are and what you stand for and your why. And then the third is responsibility. Jim Rohn says, you must take personal responsibility. You cannot change the circumstances, the seasons or the wind, but you can change yourself. That's the three in my mind, the basis of being self-led. If you don't know your why, if you can't influence yourself and you don't have personal responsibility, who are you truly leading? Lead yourself first. Who gets you out of bed every morning? You're Mm -hmm. leading someone. And I can assure you, as you walk down the street or if you're in a grocery store and you pick up an apple and bite into it and put it back on the shelf, I can tell you somebody else sees you doing it and they're saying that's not a leader. So you are doing everything you do is leading someone that you may not even know. But number one, you must lead yourself. And my biggest thing is if you're in a crowd and you're walking in a crowd and you're doing what the crowd is doing, step out of that crowd. One of the yeah. quotes I used for my uh, my TEDx was, the differences between a rut and a grave are the dimensions. That's mm-hmm. Ellen Glass. The differences between a rut and a grave are the dimensions. The only thing you're doing is building That's your common. dimensions of your grave. If you are following the crowd and wondering why you're not doing anything special or different, it's because you're in the crowd. And I know anyone listening to Tigo doesn't want to be in the crowd you must step out of that rut step out of that box you're building every day in your in your world step out and make a new path we are not records we're not supposed to be spinning on that same thing doing the same thing okay step out of it make that record skip find a new tune and that new tune should be i will self lead i will be who i the best version of me because someone is watching me even if it's a child, if it's a, a stranger on the subway, I don't care. You're leading someone. And at first, a number one should be you.
0: Dad, I can't go right
1: now. I'm doing show notes.
0: And you know it's VIP day. We gonna talk about the poison that kills dreams. You got dream killers in your life? I know I got some in my life. We gonna talk about that, so sit right there. Woo, she's about to help me today, y'all. Sit right there. We'll be right back.
3: The Power of Pink Summit and the Now Honors. has moved to the downtown Las Vegas area and the famous Fremont district, bringing the most brilliant and talented women in the world to one stage in one place, where their power will be captured for the world to see. And it is hosted by the one and only Teresa Tigo goss We present to you, Now Honors 2023.
0: Hey, welcome back. Yeah, you heard me right. Miss Peggy McCall is here today. We're gonna to talk about dream killers and the poison. The poison that kills your dreams. I need to know about this one. Miss Peggy, are you out there? I'm right here and ready to rock and roll. Woo, help me, help me, help me. Cause I got enough. (laughs) I got enough poison in my life to kill a few hundred dreams.
2: What do I do? (laughs) Oh, you gotta eliminate it. All right, poison kills dreams. So what is the poison? The poison is very simply negativity. And negativity Mm. can be our own consciousness, right? The dialogue that's going on in your own mind. And that can certainly kill your dreams for sure. But outside stimuli, like other people, people ask me this all the time. You know, they'll say, well, you know, I'm sleeping in the same bed with a real negative person. How do I deal with that? How do I, how do I not let them affect how I feel? And, And I'll say to them, understand this. Nobody crawls inside, like goes through your ear or whatever, and goes down inside of your tummy and causes you to feel anything. You decide. You're always in control of how you feel, always. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, if you're out of control and you're allowing somebody to cause you to feel something, understand that's your thing, right? That's your deal. It's not theirs. So, you know, I, I give people suggestions, you know, like, especially if there's negativity around, there's a couple of ways you can handle it. One is you can imagine you have a plexiglass shield around you and just let it bounce off. It's not getting in, not getting in. Right. It does. It's like, you know, during COVID, there were a lot of these plexiglass shields put up in different Mm -hmm. places, right? You can't, you can't get through Like the virus isn't getting through. You can imagine the same thing. Negativity is not getting through. So that's one way. Another way is that if you do hear someone, maybe it's someone that's close to you, they say something negative, And they probably believe it. And what you can do is you can turn it around and send it back to them like a a tennis match, right? Send Mm -hmm. it back to them, but only in a positive way. I used to do this with my mom because my mom was a very negative person and I loved her and everything, but she just, you know, was in the habit of being negative. So I would be building my shield as I'm driving down to see her. But when she'd start, you know, with the negativity and start complaining or whining or moaning or whatever, then I'd say, hmm, well, what's great about that? And, and I could see that it was sort of breaking her pattern of of what's great about that. And then she would think about it for a second and just throw the ball back going, well, you know, there's nothing great about it. And you and (laughs) You know, sometimes that happens, but the truth is I didn't have to get caught up in that negativity. You know, I have to just let it go, or you can just duck and let it go by, just duck and let it go by, don't take it in, just don't take it in. But I think the biggest challenge for most people is not outside stimuli or outside negativity or outside poison, it's really internal. That's That's where the greatest challenge is. So that's something that we can absolutely manage when we become consciously aware and we decide to saturate our mind, like saturate your mind. Like if you came into my home, we spent some time together, let's say we went you know, on a trip together, and we're hanging out. I'm like a serious student, like absolutely addicted to personal development and professional development. I'm studying all the time. I have books going, I buy them an audible, I buy them in print form, I'm studying, I go to bed, and I'm reading, and I'm studying, I wake up in the morning, I'm doing meditation, I'm doing my gratitude, I'm doing my affirmations. And I've been doing that for 43 and a half years. And I wouldn't even think of not doing it because you know, we live in a very interesting world, a very interesting world where there's lots of challenges and lots of negativity. You just turn on your television or go stand in yeah. the lineup at the grocery store, right? Yeah, and or social media, <laughs> social media, absolutely. And you know, we're taking it in, you see, everything that we take in, you know, I've been studying uh, uh, what's, what's his name, um, Robert Collier, Secret of the Ages. And he says in that book, he says, everything that you've taken in through your senses, that's your sight, your hearing, has made an impression in your subconscious mind.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's a fascinating idea, right? So since I that's, agree with that, right, since that's the case, you want to be taken in information that serves you, that's going to help you, that's going to contribute, not stuff that's going to poison your results. It's like if I put poison in your water, would you drink it? Of course not. Of course not. So why have poisonous ideas going on or thoughts in our mind or poisonous feelings that are just going to kill our dreams because that's exactly what they do.
0: So let me ask you because I actually know a few people that have, you know, all their lives they've they've allowed it in. I agree with that. And they've been pushed back so far that their self-confidence is negative 1000. Right. You know, they have dreams and they talk themselves out of it before they even voice it to themselves yeah. because they've already determined they cannot do it. And now they're listening to you and going, OK, I understand what you're saying, but it's too late for me. It can never happen for me. You know, right. I can't get out of this darkness. What would be
2: your opinion for something like that? Well, if you're breathing, it's not too late. I mean, that's my very short version. Right. If you're there breathing, it is. It's not too late, like I, I remember my mom, you know, because my mom became very aware of the business that i got involved in and at first it was like a joke you're writing a book you know like you're gonna do what and and but i didn't let it in it's just like you know that's interesting you would think that way and that's okay like i'm not gonna get emotionally involved in her thoughts but what occurred was she started to ask if she could come to my events and i remember her sitting in the in the back of the room one time and and we were talking about goals and goal achievement and that evening i was back at her home because i was staying with her And I said to her, I said, so tell me what you wrote down. And she wrote down a number of goals. And it's like, wow, that was the first time in her life that she'd ever written out a goal. But at the end of her list, she wrote this. And when all of this happens, I will be grateful. And I said, mom, I said, this is wonderful, but you've got it backward. You're grateful first. You feel the gratitude now. You feel the gratitude in your heart as if it's already done. And then you're going to attract it into your life. And that sort of broke her patterns, but you absolutely have to make a commitment. I mean, it took me years to change my life and to change the way I was thinking, because I had a very, very dark, you know, dark, destructive, poisonous mind. And I had to put the good in and continue to put the good in and continue to put the good in. And then the bad would come back. <laughs> it's like, you're going forward, you're going backward, you're going forward, you're going backward. Until I got to a point, it was like, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to stop the craziness and just focus on, you know, what I desire and discipline myself. The moment I disciplined myself, everything changed.
0: You know, I'll, I'll see you even, even when you were going through treatment, every once in a while, it was a little less in the social media, but you still stay connected. I'll see you float by in social media. You have this going on. You have that going on. If somebody wants to follow you, they want to be a part of your programs, maybe join a mastermind group or
2: something that you're doing. How do they do that? Easily. And they just can go to everything that I do. And we we always update the site. It's all at PeggyMcCall.com. I mean, you want to find out what's going on, what our next event is, you know, how we're serving people, free books that we give away. It's all at PeggyMcCall.com.
0: So when Miss Peggy is not, you know, inspiring the masses and, and hanging out with Tigo. What do you love to do to just let your hair down Mm. have a good time what do you love to do for fun
2: well i love being with my grandchildren i just love them to the moon and back i mean they're just so amazing and i love playing with them boating with them like just biking with them hanging out with them swimming with them and my husband too, of course, I'm very blessed. I'm happily, happily married. And every once in a while we go golfing, but he goes golfing a lot more than I do. But those are my fun. That My family is everything to me. Absolutely my priority. I wanna thank you so much for all that you do for me. You're
0: amazing. Like I say, I tell everybody, I can send her a message and she'll get back to me as soon as she can. It may be five seconds, it may be five days, but you always come back. And when I ask you to come on, you're like, sure, and you make time. I thank you so much for hanging out with me, for coming to the NOW Honors, for being our Woman of the Year for 2021. Miss Peggy McCall, you are definitely one of my mentors,
2: and I am just privileged to be in your arena. Well, you're so sweet. You're such a pro. I just love everything about you and everything that you do, and it's it really is a privilege for me to be here. Thank you. I can't wait to next time. Maybe we do it in studio while
0: you're in town. What do you Ooh, think? I'm done. Ooh. Elbow to elbow. Y'all, she said done. Ooh, live and in person. You'll see it. Don't worry about it. Thank you, Miss Peggy. You're the best. Thank you, Teresa. See you soon. See you soon. All right, everybody. If you know what to do, if you want to get in touch with her and you couldn't write it down, go to TigoDirect.com and you'll find Miss Peggy. Type in author, type in Peggy, you know, type in mentor. She's coming up. She's going to be there. And as always, I'm Tigo. I'll talk to you next time.